Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One and a interview that is long overdue. Um, it is virtual homecoming week for Mount Vernon, depending on when you're hearing this. And uh, wow, I've been chasing this guy for many weeks, as he would probably say. Um, but uh, man, I, what an honor today. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm a little giddy. I'm really excited. I got a lot to talk about. Um, my guy, Mr. Coach Mike Wells, I'm not even sure what to call you, but so introduce yourself, tell us about your family, and we'll get started from there. Yeah, well, uh, Mike Wells, um, assistant coach with the Jazz here these days. Um, You know, I don't know, Aaron, I mean, it's been, I don't know what year this is, 23 maybe in the NBA and 26 or so coaching overall. And uh, uh, my family is uh, Trenton, who is 13 years old in seventh grade and trying to play hoops every day. Um, and I got a nine-year-old that's in third grade, Troy, that, um, is Mr. Funny Guy. Follow him on TikTok and, uh, Instagram. That's awesome. (laughs) Very cool. Well, I tell you what, um, we have a lot to get to. And so, and and I know I want to be respectful of your time because I know you are incredibly busy. Um, so let, let me start with, with this. The first time I met Wells, um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I, again, intramural gym, practice gym, real gym, whatever you call it. I'm, I'm sitting there. This guy walks in, and man, he is just—he is the life of the party. He's dabbing up everybody. So that everybody, was Boyard. No, it was you. <laughs> like Wells walks in, and everybody knew, man. Mike Wells is here, and we didn't know who you were. I mean, you're a local guy, you know. Yeah, and, County, go ahead, call me what you used to. <laughs> I didn't know, man. So, all right. And I don't know. And that's, that's a good point. I don't know whether to call you coach or, or Mike or Wellesy or any of the above, but at the end of the day, man, this guy walks in and you're like, man, that's a guy I want to hang out with. That is a guy I want to know. And and so friendship uh, started there. I was thinking about this today. The last time I think you and I met in person uh, was at Sport and Shoes in downtown Mount Vernon. So it's been a minute, Um, but sporting shoes in Mount Vernon, I'm standing around a clothes rack. I was actually telling somebody about this this morning because you're coming on and you told a story about Barkley, Tiger Woods, and Michael Jordan that you don't have to tell today if you don't want to, but that's literally the last time I think I saw you. I don't remember why we were all in town, but we were there for something. So it could have been homecoming. I think it might've been homecoming weekend there that one year. It's Uh, been a minute. It really has. And then the other time was um, you, I, I was at a Cavs game. I think this is when you were at the Rockets and yep. uh, walking through the uh, gun arena at that time, walking through the concourse, I ran to your mom. Yep. <laughs> She's like, Hey, I'm like, what, what else are we doing here? She's like, you got to stick. So anyway, man, a lot of, a lot of uh, great memories. We won't talk about the, the weekend at Ohio state and the Z 24. I don't we know just, what we're not going to talk about, about that today. Anyways. Yeah. I don't remember that. It's too long ago, but you know, basketball for sure. Uh, I think the love of basketball uh, and I know you love basketball uh, was probably why we met, why we clicked. Um, you know, we, that time of just coming and starting at the NAS and, you know, just trying to meet everybody. And uh, 
you know, things in common and we just played hoops, man. We bat played ball that year uh, all the time. I, I loved coming to the gym and there were so many, you know, great people that wanted to play basketball. And of course we, uh, we could always find a game somewhere, whether always. it was there or running down the Kenyon or going down the West elementary and low hoop and one of some place <laughs> we were going to, you know, get some hoops in. And uh, uh, those are great times, man. I loved it. I enjoyed uh, it. It broke the ice for me. I didn't know very many people at the NAS, you know, even though it was in Mount Vernon, and I grew up there. I uh, just didn't know a lot of students. And that was one way to get around and meet everybody. Well, man, you were, uh, you were a legend on campus. I know a lot of people were really excited about today and um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. And, and I, I have a million stories. I really do, yeah. but it's not about me today. It's about you. So let me, let me start with this. Um, over the years, especially in the industry that I'm in and, and um, you know, I've had a lot of interns come in and, and I do time uh, with, with them kind of talking about sports man, because everybody's got this dream of being sports management or a coach or uh, uh, you know, a sideline reporter. And, yeah. um, and this is a true story. Over the years, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of interns. And every time I've told your story, and I pray to God, I've told it right. Um, is it so why don't you tell the story? And I'll make sure that it is right. But you, yeah, you leave yeah. Mount Vernon. And why don't you tell your story about how you ended up in the NBA? Well, number one, uh, you know, interns, uh, Aaron, are it's the key, right? A any way we can meet and greet and getting an internship and then what avenue that's going to lead to in the sports industry, you have no idea. I mean, we talk about the top jobs, but there's so many jobs within the industry. So right. for me, you know, to be honest with you, Coach Fleming uh, started the process for me. You know, I, I was on the team, but, you know, I didn't play a ton. I, I love basketball. Um, and, uh, you know, he gave me an opportunity to be on the team. And then once I was there a couple of years, I was pretty much done with school and he gave me an opportunity to coach. And when I was coaching for him, he said, Hey, why don't you go to the United States sports Academy in Daphne, Alabama, get your master's degree, come back here, coach with me, learn the athletic department. Cause I always thought that, Hey, I want to coach. I was thinking high school coach, maybe eventually be an athletic director. I was also working at the YMCA there in Mount Vernon, mm -hmm. uh, running the youth basketball programs, running soccer programs, running co-ed softball, you know, doing anything you can to be in the gym, right? Um, while I was at the sports academy, I uh, met a girl named Sabrina Brewster that was had an internship with the Chicago Bulls. And I was, you know, so naive on it. I was like, hey, Sabrina, how'd you get your internship? And she's like, hey, I wrote a letter to every NFL team and NBA team looking for an internship. Now, remember, this is 1992-ish. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a ton of interns are working in the sports industry. And I was naive enough. I'm like, oh, it's sweet. I'm going to do that. Um, and I can remember being in the office there in the athletic department at Mount Vernon Nazarene in the old athletic department. Uh, at an office right across from Paul Fury and Coach Fleming. And I wrote a letter to every NBA team on a Thursday. And somehow the Rockets call me back on Monday. Right. Um, and basically say, yeah, come on down. Um, and that's how it started. Literally a, a blind letter, didn't know anybody. And they offered me an internship more on the business side of things. And I thought, yeah, let's do this. Um, if I want to be an athletic director, let me learn about corporate sponsorship um, and everything behind the scenes in sales, ticket sales, anything that would be on a bigger scale than, you know, what we were doing at Mount Vernon Nazarene. Right. And um, once I got there, there was a new owner, Les Alexander, that had just bought the Rockets. Um, 
which I didn't know. And there was about four or five people in the whole department front office for the Rockets at the time. And the season was getting close to start. Needless to say, it was a little bit of situation where you got to put a lot of different hats on. As an intern, they threw a lot of things at me and let me do things that I probably should never have been involved with. I mean, I'm in corporate sponsorship sales with Pennzoil, you know, two weeks after getting there. I've never been in a sponsorship sales meeting in my life, right. uh, but I got exposed to it. I also got a chance to meet Rudy Tomjanovich, and the assistant coach was Jim Boylan, who was just the head coach of the Bulls last year. Um, and Jim really took me under his wing. Rudy brought me in. Um, and I kind of transitioned from the front office over to the basketball side, went from being and spending the whole year as an intern that first year. We got lucky. We won the championship again in Houston. So you go through this ride of being the, the benefits of the 94 Rockets. They beat the Knicks in seven. The whole city's crazy. They're expanding the department. New owner. He's hiring people every day. We go on another magical run. Elijah one's just out of his mind. We beat Orlando and sweep them in four straight. But, you know, that created jobs. Winning creates jobs. I go through the season. You know, they hire me as the video coordinator for 20,000. And I am elated, um, you know, to go from Mount Vernon Nazarene. Um, but my foundation that I learned from Coach Fleming, Coach Veal, Coach Fury, Coach Swanson, everybody that was in that athletic department uh, allowed me to be successful uh, in the NBA. And that's how it started. You know, I went from an intern to a video coordinator to in five years being on the bench as an assistant coach um, and then moving up. And, you know, this is uh, I'm in Utah now with the Jazz. This is uh, my fifth NBA team. Um, I've got two rings, um, you know, did some years at division one college, went back and it's just been uh, a crazy, crazy ride, but it, it literally started with uh, a blind letter. Um, so I am a huge, huge fan. And same as you talk to anybody about internships, you've got to get in, you've got to network, you've got to meet and greet of all my jobs that I've had whether it is in the NBA or in uh, at George Mason or the University of South Florida, it's never been because of my resume or having a master's degree. It's been all because of networking and other coaches that I've known. And you, you just nailed all of it. it. That That's the story I tell. It's a little more elevator speech-ish when I tell it, but yeah, that, good. that's the story you I tell. music? <laughs> no. <laughs> some guns and roses uh yeah, patience yeah. elevator music when i tell it but no no that that's the story i tell is the reality is like i want all of them to understand and you just talked about it 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 is a process it's not this is not an overnight success you're not aaron andrews on the sideline overnight yes. it is a grind it's a it lot a of grind. work and, and the people that the people that that um have something special so let me go back to what i said at the beginning when you walked in the gym in mount vernon and everybody was like, man, who's this guy? There's, there's, there's an it factor that you have that I have to think, you said it's not about resume. It is about a, a personality. It's about a connectedness. It's about people and connecting with people. And you've always had that from the day, first day I met you. I'm like, I got to know this guy because he's pretty special. So there's, there's a lot in that mix when you're making that bowl of soup to become whatever it is you want to become. It's not just one ingredient. There's a lot oh, in there. I, I appreciate that, Aaron. I, yeah. uh, you know, um, I think that any young person and, you know, networking is just so 
key and and putting yourself out there and shaking hands although we're not supposed to shake hands anymore we can socially distance <laughs> right on zoom but just talking you never know like us doing this zoom can you imagine you know 25 years ago that we would be sitting here doing this i mean i had no idea you know i right. mean my my goal was to probably be a high school coach uh and an athletic director or even to get from mount vernon to a division one university you know just getting to that type of situation and you know, the NBA thing just uh, was a fluke and it kind of fell in my lap a little bit, but networking, uh, there's so many different paths. Somebody might be able to open a door for you at some point. And, uh, you know, the key, like, it doesn't matter the school either. Like Mount Vernon Nazarene absolutely helped me get to where I am today. Coach yep. Fleming having confidence in me and giving me an opportunity, you know, after basketball, even though I wasn't a great player, to sit there and say, hey, you know, I know you like basketball. I know you can coach. You have a good feel for this. Why don't you come in here and, and help and see what you think? You know, without that opportunity, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it, but again, I think there's some personal, person, personal uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There, there's some personality there that you have that's a magnetic, uh, God God built you for this at, yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, and I believe that, I, I, you know, I always have. I mean, you just have this, mag again, people texting me last night going, when's Wells coming on? Like they want to know <laughs> yeah. when, you know what I mean? You just, you, you leave your mark wherever that is and, and you've done that. And that, and I honestly, again, it's been years since you and I've actually sat down and, and had a conversation, but um, I watch, I know a lot of people watch. We, we turn on the jazz game to see where's Wells at behind the bench. I'm telling my son when we're watching the game, I'm freezing the screen if I can and going, see that guy right there. I, I know that guy. I, I, I played hoop with that guy. He used to tear me up. But no, <laughs> he used to dunk on me at the dunk hoops. But um, no, man, there's 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 a you know there's a personality. Then, and I'm not saying that that universities and degrees and all the grind aren't worth it because it's all again it's a soup, it's a mix. Um, yeah. But but at the end of the day, I think personality for you has been that that key. So it was no surprise to me when when you got a, when you when somebody opened the door this much. Um, that you were able to put your foot in it and then blow that door wide open and have all the opportunities that you've had. There's no shock to me whatsoever. Yeah, you you got to embrace the grind, right? And you right. can't have a bad day. That was one thing that Rudy T used to tell me in Houston all the time as a, as a young guy is, you know, you got to be organized. You got to come to work prepared every yeah. day and you can't have a bad day. Having a bad day is going to piss somebody else off yeah. probably. And you're not in a position to do that. You've got to be the utmost professional like when you come through that deal, your personality's got to come out. You're a worker, you're a grinder, you know, and at the beginning as with all these young positions, like you're not going to get paid. Like you just right. got to, you got to embrace kind of the suck, right? It's like, man, this is hard, but you know what? That makes it better at the end of the deal. Um, and then when you do get opportunities and you do start climbing the ladder, so to speak, then you appreciate it a little bit more and you keep going. Right. So um, for sure. I think that's key, right? Just, just keep going. Just yeah. don't come in that bad day. Cause it's great. We, we both are in sports, uh, whatever area it is, I get to come into the gym. The gym is right out there. I can see the gym right now. Um, Joe Ingles is out there shooting right now. So, you know, uh, I get to look out the window at somebody like that. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and, and again, there's a lot of, uh, speed bumps. There's a lot of off ramps. There's a lot of stuff in between, it's not a direct shot. And maybe for some people it is, you know, for a player, let's just say uh, um, any player that you could name that's currently on ESPN's, you know, first take or whatever it is, you know, they played. And so again, that was, the, but, but again, they had to grind, they had to grind as a player 
to get the opportunity to be on first take as an analyst. Yeah, um, for the rest of us. Hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> putting in your hours, right? Right, right. And for intramural champions like myself, there's a lot of other grinds that didn't include playing. <laughs> so. Yeah, but if you're still involved in it, that we, everybody's past different, right? I right. mean, you know, I mean, we're just trying to get to a place where we, you know, we're happy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got to figure out how in life at the end of the day that you can look back and say, man, I enjoyed that ride. Right, um, right. Man, who knows what the right path is? Everybody's path's different. That's for sure. I mean, who, I mean, I still don't believe that I get to drive in here every day. So, um, you know, just embrace, figure it out. What, what's, what is your path? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you have, you, you covered one of my questions. You have how many rings? Two. Got two. I'm very lucky. Uh, you know, my first year in Houston, uh, we uh, beat Orlando 4-0. You know, I, of Nick Anderson misses four free throws at the end right. of the game there. And Kenny Smith, you know, who's now on TNT, makes a couple. And then we win it. And we steal that first game in, uh, in Orlando. And then uh, the 07, you know, LeBron's first uh, run to the finals with the Cavs. And I was in San Antonio. And that was a 4-0. So I tell everybody, hey. I'm the only guy in NBA history. You know, I mean, if you get me to the finals, we're guaranteed. I'm 8-0. I've never lost the finals game. That's all we got to do is get there, brother. Now, it might be because of Akeem Olajuwon and, and Tim Duncan, but I'm still going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and wave the white towel like ML Carr or somebody. <laughs> well, I was talking to my assistant this morning. I was telling her about this, uh, you know, and, and I said, Here's the deal. The guy's got more rings than Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, and she she's 20 something, so she doesn't have a clue who I'm talking about. Yeah, Barkley, she knows. Yeah, Carl Malone, she doesn't know. Lucky, you know at I mean? the end of the day, there's a lot of, you know, let's go look at the Team USA picture. There's a lot of guys in that picture. Reggie Miller, there's a lot of guys in that picture that don't have a ring, and you got two. So, uh, hey. And I'll, you know, I probably should talk about that too. You know, 2000, Rudy was the head coach of uh, the 2000 Olympic team that had just great players. And that team won a gold medal, um, just being around those guys, other opportunities just from, you know, being involved with basketball and being able to do USA basketball four different times or, you know, basketball without borders uh, is a youth program that the NBA runs to try to grow the game. I know you had coach Fleming on here. He's, you know, he's in India uh, with the NBA Academy trying to grow the sport of basketball in India. And uh, two summers ago, I got to go to India with the NBA and spend a whole week with uh, Scott and Sean in uh, New Delhi and uh, coach a team and go to dinner with him. And, you know, how this thing goes full circle. I mean, who would have ever thought I would be sitting at a table uh, with Scott Fleming, you know, in New Delhi uh, talking about uh, basketball. But uh, it's a small world and it leads to different things, right? Yeah. And I think you pay your dues and you, you've paid your dues. And I, 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 let's go ahead and bring it up because I, I asked Coach Fleming if there was a spot on the roster for an intramural champion that never tried out. And, and he mentioned you. So I don't want to say that you took my spot because you actually tried out and I didn't. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, man. Wells took my spot. No, I, I never tried out. I, I didn't have the I didn't have the guts to uh, to step into it at that moment. And honestly, you were a better player than I was, so you deserved uh, it. So. You know, that was all fun too. I mean, you know, just you know, it was like us being in the gym. It was like you know, well, I mean, I'm, if I'm going to be in the gym all the time, I might as well try to let's see if I can at least be on the team. And you know, then you make friends with you know Chris Masson or Mark Boysard or you know my my yeah. former roommate Dave Shewater and. Uh, you know, she was the man and, uh, you know, those things just kind of happened. But, uh, yeah, 
you know, it was, it was a great time. That's for sure. Well, and at the end of the day, it's led to where you are today, you know, right. and that, that's what's pretty cool. So can you tell, we talked about this just briefly off offline before I clicked record. And it, let me start again. Ground rule of unscripted is if there's a question you can't answer, you say pass. So yeah. can you tell the story about, I believe it was asking Michael Jordan to get you a beer? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So um, <laughs> Charles, Charles Barkley plays for us in Houston, um, 97. We had a really good team, unfortunately. That's when John Stockton makes the three and knocks us out of the finals. But we really felt like, going back, that we had a shot to beat the Bulls. Now, we probably didn't, but it would have been a fun matchup. Uh, but in 99, it's uh, beginning of 2000, I guess, season. It's Charles last year, and uh, we go to Phoenix. His house is still in Phoenix. And we don't ever usually do this, but Charles was a little different player. And he asked Rudy T and Jim Boylan and myself to come out to his house. He goes, hey, we're in Phoenix. Why don't you guys come out for dinner? You know, this is probably the last year I'm going to play. And uh, we do. And uh, when we get to his house, um, his wife just says, hey, you know, he's in the he's in the theater room. Just walk on back there, you know. So we stroll on through this house. You know, it's like this. And you're walking for like a mile, it feels like. And you walk into this room and there's Charles and Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. And it's like, what is going on? And I like, we just thought we were going to dinner, but um, it was a strike here or something maybe. I don't remember why they were all in. Michael's obviously retired. Tiger's in town for a golf tournament or something. So they're all buddies and they're hanging out. And we ended up just watching uh, the NBA package together. And those guys are commenting on everybody. And I mean, you're just sitting around like, you know, if you could pick the people to go to dinner, you always have these fantasy dinner things. And if you could say your sports fantasy dinner, I mean, I, I would think that would probably be one of them. So I'm just sitting in the back row and I'm just sitting there watching like, you know, the kid in the candy store. Like, I cannot believe I'm sitting in this room and listening to these guys talk hoops all night. And, you know, they're, they're flipping through different games and they're just ripping people. And, you know, I mean, they're good players, you know what I mean? It, uh, Tiger was a young guy. He's so respectful. He's asking questions of both of them about players, but you, you're literally just going, I can't believe that I'm listening to this. And so dinner goes on, you know, and we're having dinner and, and everything. And Michael's like getting up and walking to the refrigerator and he looks at the table and he's like, Hey, does anybody need anything? And I'm thinking, sure. <laughs> it's just like one of those things. I didn't really want it. I didn't even really need it, but it was more about the point of asking, right. you know, they right. might need anything. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 I'll take a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back and handed me a beer. I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't in the last dance, but it should have been. It really yeah, should have yeah. been. This is one of those deals that you're still just sitting there the whole night thinking, you know, this conversation and kind of being the fly on the wall and yeah. just listening the whole time. And, you know, trying to learn their personalities and their views and, you know, even watching games, the competitiveness of those three right. just oozes out of what they're talking about with certain players or, uh, you know, how aggressive that guy is, the respect for some guys, the lack of respect for some guys. Um, and Tiger just asking so many questions, uh, you know, in 97, he's young, he's coming up through or 2000, sorry. Um, 
you know, but uh, it was just really a, a unique night at uh, one of those deals. You just, uh, I guess you could cross off the list. <laughs> well, I, I haven't forgotten it since standing at sporting shoes around the clothing rack. You telling that story. I've never forgotten it. Ever. I ran out of there and it's like literally like three or four in the morning in Mount Vernon. And I had to call my mom. And I'm just like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I'm to wake you. Oh, I'm like, you wake up, wake up. You got to wait. You got to hear <laughs> <That's> this. <great. laughs> well, I, I, uh, a similar story and, and I've had the, uh, the blessing of, of, uh, being with Bo, uh, Jackson a few times. Um, and, and, uh, I was, he was doing something in Columbus for us and I was kind of his handler for the night. So, uh, we ended up being in this little shoebox of a room and I swear it was like a walk-in closet size room backstage. And uh, at some point they bring in Archie Manning and, and or not Archie, Man I'm sorry, Archie Griffith, mm -hmm. uh, because we're in Ohio. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there, Archie's on one side and Bo's on the other. And it was a very <laughs> similar experience. And I'm texting Mastin and I said, man, you're not going to believe it. I couldn't even do like a selfie because I want to be respectful. Right. You know, those guys are like. And I text Mastin. I said, man, you're not gonna believe this. I'm sitting between Archie <laughs> and Bo right now. And like you said, man, I just went to Mount Vernon. I got 13 of my ACT. I don't belong in this room. And Mastin replied and he said, you need to take a picture and post it and say there's three Heismans in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are in this picture. <laughs> I didn't do it, but but no, it was sports, awesome. It's how sports opens doors and then you are just a couple removed from anybody. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how you just find yourself in those situations sometimes, right? It's yeah. Just, I cannot believe I'm sitting right here. Right, exactly. And you're like, you know, I don't I don't belong here. This is this is crazy. But at the same time, you know, they're just guys. And that's what I've learned. And you know this, too. I mean, gifted, incredible, exceptional, probably have a lot more money than you and I will ever see. But at the end of the day, they're just guys. They're guys yeah. that have great stories. I mean, I could listen to Bo tell stories and he's told me some great stories. But, I, you know, we, we could listen to those stories and they're they're great. But at the end of the day, man, they they live and breathe just like you and I do Absolutely. um you know I, I would wouldn't you agree I have to be around all the guys like and that's the thing is that they just happen to have this gene that we can't even really identify with right of how talented uh, and gifted they are but as in just guys you know of all the years being around guys like um great great players you know Kobe in LA, any the Tim, Tony, Manu in San Antonio, the guys we had in Houston and Charles and Hakeem, Scotty Pippen, just great, great people. They're right. people. Like they might have a competitive gene. They have an athletic gene that's crazy, but really just normal, normal guys. They might have different problems than you and I, but uh, really uh, when you're talking to them and you're on the athletic field or coaching wise, they're great. Right. All right. And I'm, I promise I'm not going to take a ton of your time. I know you are an absolutely busy guy. You got the draft coming up and things like that. So rapid fire stuff. You ready? Yep. And I'm making these up as I go. <laughs> so, all right. First off, who favorite player you ever, you ever, you ever, you've ever even been around in the NBA? Um, Charles. Barkley. Yeah. Or Kobe. One or the other, but for different reasons. Okay. All right. Uh, and my dog may start to bark because the delivery person's walking up to the window right now. Um, all right. And favorite city you've ever coached in that you've been on of all the teams you've been on? What, what, and why? Uh, two, two answers again, at San Antonio, because it was a smaller town, the team was unbelievable at the time. Um, and then uh, I was in LA with the Lakers for nine months living in Hermosa beach, you know, it just was surreal, you know, Mount Vernon kid living in a, town home on Hermosa Beach, you know, coaching. <laughs> it's like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I already know this, but your favorite coach you've worked under? Uh, Rudy T, for sure, right. would be number one. But, you know, fortunate to work for several Hall of Famers. You know, Coach Popovich in San Antonio is unbelievable. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, you guys see him on TV now, but an amazing detail guy. Uh, Quinn Snyder here now. Quinn's as good as any of them. I'm right. telling you, as good as any of them uh, in his organization, organization detail and being prepared. And so um, I had an inside Carolina guy on a few weeks ago and we were talking hoops and coach K is not getting any younger. Neither's Roy. And uh, you know, we, we started throwing out some names as far as who could succeed and or succeed. Yeah. Replace. Replace succession. What? I don't know. <laughs> not that bright, man. <laughs> you know that. So, anyway, take over. Uh, I think is the words I'm looking for, but um, and uh, Quinn Snyder's name came up for Duke. That, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, him and uh, Quinn and, you know, Coach K uh, still talk. That tree, that tree's got a lot of branches on it with a, a lot. lot of great coaches, uh, a lot of years. I know uh, Coach K talked to him the other day, and Coach K was telling him he was preparing his 4,290th practice plan. He has them numbered. Yeah. He knew exactly what practice he was on after all these years. So, you know, Quinn will have always have opportunities of after the success, you know, the six years here and being a playoff team, the four years, I think that, uh, you know, we've won some series, fortunately, and, uh, you know, those opportunities are always going to happen for him. And I tell you, the bubble, he, they, they had a great run, right? Conley yeah. just misses one shot, man. It was, yeah, you know, was going in. tough one and, um, you know, and Murray and uh, Jokic were uh, hot. Awesome. You know, you run into that in the NBA and they, we couldn't get them out of their rhythm. You know, you're always trying to break somebody's rhythm like everything else in, the, in the life. You know, if somebody's got a hot hand, they're rolling. That's why that's why they, everybody goes to Vegas, right? And uh, right. He, he was hot at that time. And I think Donovan was equally as hot. Amazing. Um, we just couldn't, we couldn't get him out of his rhythm quick enough. And, you know, we'll go back to the drawing board here on Wednesday and uh, then free agent a few days later and camp on the first. And we'll see if we can do it again. Man, it was it was fun to watch. It was Bird and um, Dominique type stuff to watch, you know, just going back and forth. What a great series. And the NBA did a fantastic job with the bubble. They absolutely it, did. It was the organization awesome. and the detail, yeah, uh, the behind the scene, scene stuff that you didn't see was unbelievable. Uh, I cannot like, you know, the trailers that people work in, yeah. there had to be 150 of them to organize the whole thing. It was just an, a massive project in the way they pulled it out. Uh, you know, I feel like we have the best commissioner and the best league, professional league of any sport. And uh, what they did in Orlando was just amazing. I promise not to um, run this too, too much. I, I won't do anything that to, is Grayson Allen a good guy. Unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable competitor. Um, you know, I think some of the Duke guys, whether it's J.J. Redick or, you know, Grayson and some of the guys that have come up through that um, are shooters and, you know, have to they just have to ooze confidence. You know, like in this league, you're going to have dudes come at you all the time. You know, right. as you're coming up through uh, and you're a really good player and you start getting publicity and you get this little ranking number beside you, well, that's a target. Right. And dudes are coming at you. And for like Grayson, guys have been coming at him, you know, since he was in ninth grade because he's been, quote, like one of the top players in the country and people are looking at him and they're saying, sizing him up. Well, he's not that big and he doesn't shoot it that well and he's not that fast. Um, but as a coach, when you're coaching, you just love his grit. 
Mm. Like every day I coached him in his first summer league here in Utah uh, for a week. And I got the same questions about him. And it's like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever have to worry about him, right? Mm. You don't have to worry about his competitiveness. And as a coach, you know, you want somebody that you do have to back off at times. And, you know, he, he's probably crossed the line at times because of his competitiveness. And then you figure it out. And I thought he had an unbelievable bubble for Memphis this year. You know, uh, he shot the ball really well down there. But yeah, it's a long answer, but you just love him. You yeah. just love him. I mean, he's going to fight for you and he's competitive and he's going to want the ball at the end of the game. And you'd love to see that from guys. Well, that'll make Jeff Corbini real happy because he's, <laughs> he's a Duke fan and, and I'm not. So <laughs> you're supposed to tell me he's a bad guy. He's a dirt bag. I don't whatever, but. Well, we've got some Carolina guys here right now and Tony Bradley. Tony and Ed, Bradley. You know, we've got some bigs here that run the Carolina. So Quinn uh, being a Duke guy and our, our North Carolina guys go back, back and forth all the time. It's got to be fun. I mean, especially because they're past it now, right? They're not in the throes yeah, of past the it. rivalry. You yeah, know? Tony. Tony's still going to come in in his North Carolina sh shorts on the day that Duke's playing, you know, and there's, there's going to be a little friendly wager on the side and, you know, but uh, you know, when you get a chance to play for those programs, that stuff's never, ever going to go away. You know, yeah. you have pride in your school and your program the same way we do at Mount Vernon and you have an unbelievable pride right now. Your son playing baseball there. It's a different type of deal, but it never yeah. goes away. Yeah. Never goes well, man, Wells, I could talk to you all night. I know you got a lot of other things to do. And I'm going to jump um, on a Zoom meeting right here. We got a draft coming up, and I'm going to listen to some guys talk about these guys and uh, crazy. See if we can figure it out uh, for 23. Well, man, I wish you nothing but continued success. I watch from afar. I know I'm not the only one because, like I said, I received multiple texts saying when Wells is going to be on. So I got to hurry up and get this out uh, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people are expecting. Well, we just need to do it again. We could talk longer, so we just got to do it more and. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Well, well, best of luck to you. Best of luck in the draft. Best of luck in all that you do. Thanks for making Mount Vernon and all of us that knew you proud. Um, I, I'm just proud to say I, I'm a friend. Uh, hopefully, you know, saying I'm a friend because uh, I have all these years and uh, I'm real, real proud of you. And thanks for your story because I've used it for 20 years now for kids that are that have this vision. Um, and I, I share that story so often because it's it's true. There's a grind. But you can right. get there, but you're going to have to work hard. And you, you yeah. put in the work and I, all, you reap all the rewards and all the rings you can get. Yeah. And I, I, and I would follow that up with education, too. You right. know, whether it's high school and college and doesn't matter how big school. But Rudy, too, used to always tell everybody, you know, um, education is the key. And once you have the key, no door will ever be locked for you. It wow. doesn't. We don't know what door is going to be open. And my degree at Mount Vernon Nazarene I had no idea that could open up an MBA door for me, but I have the key. I have a diploma that says that I graduated from school. You know, we were all there. It's the friendships, it's a network, but that door, I could open a door and get through there um, because of the people at the, out in Mount Vernon Nazarene. So, you know, I can't emphasize enough, get the school, do it and get a key and who, keep shaking hands and uh, who knows what'll happen. And I'll say it again, be, be like Wells, love people. <laughs> care for people, be, be the life of the room. Don't be afraid to, to engage people you don't even know, or some kid from Cleveland that is a terrible basketball player that you want to just, you know, treat with kindness. <laughs> yeah, but you thought you were good. What's that? <laughs> you thought you were good. Absolutely. See, I'm you had alone. a confidence and you had those North Carolina shorts on and that big North Carolina wristband. Like you had a, a swagger about you that let us know like, Hey, I'm playing. Like, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but I'm playing. I'm here. And then, we, right. 
And then refing on, we won't even talk about refing at the YMCA on Saturdays. And the one coach that said he would not put his team on the floor because I was refing. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, those are crazier times. That's a whole nother half an hour broadcast. Sorry. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again. Go Wish ahead. you the best. Thanks for coming on, brother. Love you. Yeah. Be well. I'll talk to you. Okay. Thanks, man. Okay.